Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. I want to share a message with you guys tonight. I'm going to call it the process of walking with God. How do you know someone? How do you walk with someone who you can't see? Who tells you he's there and he's greater than everything that you can see, but you can't see him. So what I'm going to do is have a look at a picture like a story that's given to us in the Gospels. Story of Jesus on mission. Jesus is doing something. He's always doing something in the scriptural narrative. And in this message I'm preaching tonight, we're going to go through three points that we constantly see Jesus working out wherever he is. Jesus can always have this grid laid over his life. And I want to show you in that in that heavenly way that he lived, a way that we can just kind of apply those principles to our own life. Those three ideas are this, people, purpose, and presence. You see Jesus always caring about people. The only people he ever got mad with were the people who were oppressing the people. The people that he loved were the people that no one else cared for. He loved the publicans. He loved the prostitutes. He loved the tax collectors. He loved everybody that everyone else was looking past. In fact, when they came to crucify him, one of the things that they accused him of was being a friend of sinners. God help us that as we walk in this world, we will be a friend of sinners. Amen. Man, I worked in the hospitality industry for 10 years, ran a pub, and I tell you, Everybody who we could look at on their life on the outside and say, that person is a sinner, that person on the depths of who they are, because I know, because I used to talk to them when their lips would get moving, when they'd get a bit mouthy and they'd start telling their stories, that person was desperately broken and hurt on the inside. And every time Jesus was caring about people, he wasn't caring for what man thought about people, he was caring for people the way God does. Wherever Jesus went, He was always open to the purpose of God in the moment. Let me just challenge you at the start of this year, let's take a few minutes constantly to pray, God, wherever I find myself, could you just reveal to me what your purpose is right around me? Amen? How could you use me right now to just reach out and love someone that maybe everyone else doesn't love? And then what ends up happening inevitably all the way through the stories of the Gospels You see Jesus manifesting the power and the presence of God. Jesus goes in there, loves someone. He connects the love of God to the purpose of God in the moment. And kaboom, the power and the presence of God manifests and miracles happen. Now, we were just singing here moments ago that He's the God of miracles. Amen. And who can believe with me that 2020 is going to be a great year of miracles? Amen. Amen. So number one. People. He loves people, so we love people. Come with me if you've got your Bibles. We're going to look at the Gospel of John and chapter 11. It says here, Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany. This is important. Everyone say Bethany. We'll come back to this later on. The village of Mary and her sister Martha. Now verse 2. This Mary whose brother Lazarus, now lay sick, was the same one who poured the perfume on the Lord 
and wiped his feet with her hair. Story featured a little bit earlier. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one who you love is sick. This Lazarus was sick. They sent word to Jesus, who was a known worker of miracles, a known man who would stand in the gap between heaven and earth, walk in the love of people, walk in the purpose of God, and connect the power of God to the moment. They'd seen Jesus work miracles. They knew that this man, their brother, loved Jesus. So they call out to him because they're calling on his love for them. Verse 4. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Isn't this amazing? We see Jesus who loves this guy who needs a miracle. He's not committed to go and jump out and meet the first need that he sees. He's not swayed by everything that crosses his pathway. Can I just say, sometimes in church life, sometimes in church life, we can feel obligated, like we've got to be a part of everything. But let me say this. The key to longevity and joy in life is just listening to what God's burdening you for and go and follow that work out. Amen? Go and say, yes, I'm going to do what God's put on my heart. And here we see Jesus in that exact same moment He says to his disciples who are around him, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for the glory of God. And I want to say, some of us in life, we face things that we wish God would take away right here and right now. Gee, my life would be a whole lot easier if this problem was taken away. Can I have an amen? But Jesus knew the timing of God, not just the need of man. See, God wasn't just interested, uh, Jesus wasn't just interested in meeting the need of man. Jesus was interested in meeting the need of man in the timing of God. And so in the timing of God, he puts it off and he says, look, this sickness will not end in death. No, but it's for the glory of God so that the Son of Man may be glorified through it. Jesus knew there was coming a moment in the future for this story to have its resolution. But that moment isn't right quite yet. Jesus sat on his love for this man. Jesus sat on the burden that his sisters were calling him into, and he didn't do anything. Have you ever cried out to the Lord and said, Lord, please help me? And God didn't move. Has anyone ever had that before? Yeah. But I believe what the Lord would say to us in those circumstances is, this circumstance is not unto death, but it is for the glory of God. Now, am I saying that then, then God sets us up with problems and sicknesses so that we are gonna, we're going to die and we're going to get sick and is it just to teach us humility? I don't think that's true. What I think we see highlighted in this passage is we see it in another area in, uh, in the Gospel of Mark where there's a boy who's born deaf. And this boy who's born deaf, the parents come to Jesus and say, for what reason was this boy born deaf? Was it for the sin of his mother or for the sin of his father? Or was it for his own sin? And Jesus brushed off the problem. Jesus threw the the diagnosis of the problem away. And instead of looking into the earth at the problems of the earth, he looked into the heavens and he said, you know, this has happened here so that God's going to be glorified. And we see the exact same word here. This is... 
the, the way that it lays on the ground right now, the lay of the land as it sits here and now, I'm just going to look to heaven and believe that God's going to be glorified in it. Some of us have brought baggage into this year and we've been looking back at it and we've been worrying about it and we've been freaking out over it and we've been maybe even shaking our fists at God a little bit on the inside. But I want to tell you the Word of God to you in issues that are overwhelming and too much for us to handle in the moment is always don't look to the natural, but look to me. Amen. Because the Spirit of God is able to transcend out of the heavens and drop right into the earth, into us, a far greater power and breakthrough than we could ever manifest by our own worry. Amen. Jesus would say to us, those issues that we bring forward, let's not look back at the past at them. Let's just look to Him to manifest Himself in the here and the now. I was one time on the platform ministering overseas and... I was, I was halfway through my, my fancy sermon that I put together with all of my dot points and all the good stuff that they teach you how to do at Bible college. And if you're going to go to Bible college, please go and do it because it's really awesome. But I thought I knew what I was doing. And I was halfway through my message. And the Lord said to me, gee, it'd be, it'd be good if you was just quiet for a bit, Tosh. But I'm like, Lord, my fancy message. And he's like, just, just be quiet. So I got quiet. I didn't say anything. And it got really, really awkward. And I'm thinking to myself, now I'm starting to feel like a fool. And the Lord says, car accident. And I'm like, okay. So I closed my eyes so I didn't have to look at the congregation. And I said, the Lord wants to do here in this meeting a miracle for someone who's been in a car accident. And, you know, maybe someone had hurt their back or hurt their shoulder or something like that, so I was going to pray for them. Anyway, there's one person sitting way up the back, and he comes out, and he gets out of his chair, and he's got his, he's going like this, and he's got this walking frame behind him, and they're passing the walking frame over to him. He's sort of down on the aisle down here, and he gets out into the, the hallway, and he's standing there with his walking frame in front of him, and I'm thinking to myself, look at what you've done, Lord. Let me say, sometimes not looking at the things of the earth can cause you to have a moment where you say, look at what you've done, Lord. Okay? I'm going somewhere with this. So I went over to him, and I laid hands on him, and we prayed for him. And all of a sudden, this guy was in a Mexican church in a little town called Bakersfield, which is north of Los Angeles. It's in a Mexican church there. I, had to have, I was in the United States, and I had to have a translator. That's how Mexican the church was. They were translating me into Spanish. And so I prayed for this guy, and the fire of God fell on this guy. Something manifested into the earth out of heaven, right? And he starts shaking. And the Mexicans, man, when they get full of the fire of God, they get really, really loud. And so all the people around him start getting really loud. And he starts pumping his, his uh, walking frame into the air. And we're all singing hallelujah, you know? And for about 30 seconds later, I'm saying, look at what you've done, Lord. When we take our moments and we take a focus off of ourselves and put it just onto Him and what His purposes are through us, that He can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or imagine, and we just choose to say, yes, Lord, I'm going to step into what you're calling me into, I tell you, great and wonderful things happen. And Jesus, in His focus in the earth, was always focused on the thoughts of the heavenly Father, not on the thoughts of man. In verse 5, Jesus goes on, it says here, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. 
So Jesus loved them. Now, when he heard that Lazarus was sick, the dude that he loved, he stayed there for two more days. What? So he's caught, just content inside the leading of the Lord. Verse 9 goes on and says, Jesus answered, Are there not 12 hours of the daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble. For if they see by this world's light. I've missed something there. Anyone who walks in the daylight will not stumble. For they see by this world's light. Verse 10 is the opposite side of that. It says here, It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. See, God's going to put light across our path. God's going to give us a direction to follow. God's going to give us a pathway for our life through 2020, right? But it's up to us to respond to that call that God has on us. It's up to us to say, yes, Lord, here comes the the pathway from you. I'm going to walk in that pathway. See, when Jesus was saying here in verse 9 that there are 12 days, sorry, there are 12 hours of daylight, he's talking about in the ancient world when people would get up in the middle of the night, there was always an idea that they were getting up to do something nefarious. Either they were doing some sort of ungodly worship or they were getting up to do something criminal. And Jesus is talking to his community here saying, hey, listen, guys, let's do what we should be doing in the light. Let's walk into the light that is before us for each and every single one of us. Now, I want to read verse 11 here. And all of this part here is culminating inside of people. I want to look and culminate here in verse 11. After he had said this, He went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. When God looks at our problems, he doesn't doesn't speak about them in the same fashion that we do, in the same tone that we do, as though they are the way we see them. The next verse is going to show us Jesus' heart about how this situation was playing out. But right here and right now we see that The way he chooses to frame, the way he chooses to speak about, the way he chooses to acknowledge the troubles that we face is very different than oftentimes the way we can do so. Verse 12 says, His disciples disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. But verse 13, Jesus says, Jesus has been speaking of his death But his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. Have you ever been in a situation before where you hear God speak to you something that sounds completely crazy, yet in the middle of that you just hold on to it and you just say, here I am, Lord, I'm just going to stay in your presence. I'm just going to worship you. I'm just going to stay on purpose with you. Let me say, there might even be people here before who you believe you've taken steps of faith to walk with God, to do the right thing, and things didn't turn out how you thought that they were going to turn out. Sometimes we can face situations where we look at it and we think we're even serving God. We think we're, working, we're walking by faith and we find ourselves in a situation that seems to be even worse than when we found ourselves choosing to seek to walk with the Lord and seek Him. But I want to say this. Just because the disciples were worried and just because the disciples saw their situation the way they did in Jesus' words was only because they hadn't heard from Martha at the source that he was now dead. 
Sometimes it's good to just listen to the word of the Lord instead of listening to the word of the circumstances around us. Come with me to Ephesians 2 and verse 10. Have a look at this. This is awesome. We're looking now at purpose because sometimes purpose can trick us up. Sometimes we can think, God, I thought you were in this. Have a look at this. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus, watch this, to do good works which were prepared in advance for us to do. Jesus, not only did he love people, not only did he want to align himself with the love of God, he wanted to get on board with the purpose of God in his little ecosystem of the world, in his little place where he found himself. He wanted to line himself up with the call and the leading of God. But you know that principle of how Jesus lived in the earth is exactly the same for all of us. And I want to say to you today that 2020, okay, 2020, God has got a, a purpose and a plan for you that doesn't just reach to 2020. Have a look at this, what he says here, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which were prepared in advance for us to do. God looks over our life and He's from the beginning of eternity, He's laid across our pathway opportunities for us to reach out and step in. And those very things are not about us trying to fulfill a religious work. They're not about us trying to be better prayers. They're not about us trying to be people who know the word more and try to, try to push, push, push in religion. They're things that God has already planned out for the saving of the whole world. And He's called us to be a part of His plan of bringing His kingdom in out of the heavens and into the earth, amen, for taking chaos and bringing destruction to chaos and bringing life where there was death, amen. God's got a plan for 2020. God's got a plan for all of us that reaches beyond our worry of this age, amen, that reaches beyond the limitations of this age. It reaches way back so we can take rest in Him and say, God, here I am. I'm just going to enjoy the journey of walking with you. Right from the beginning of time, there was good works planned out for us to do. It's easy. It's simple. Let me encourage you this year, as you're looking forward into the year, ask God, as I was saying at the introduction, ask God, God, how can I reach out? How can I put myself into someone else's world and just love them? How can I put myself into the heart of someone who I don't even know? How can I reach out and just be a conduit for your love? Let me just see your purpose wherever I find myself. And sometimes I find, you know, when I talk to people about uh, and do pastoral care sort of uh, visitations and that kind of thing, because I still meet up with a lot of people and encourage and mentor people and that kind of thing in, in the Holy Ghost. And as I talk with them, it's amazing how many of us Christians put a pressure on ourselves to perform. And then with that pressure to perform comes a condemnation because we don't perform. You know what I mean? But it's so, it's so upside down and backwards, inside out. Because all God wants us to do is just love Him, amen? And out of that relationship of love with Him, we can just share His love with those around us. And the crazy thing is, as we see an opportunity 
that arises this year, maybe it's going to be to shake hands on the door. Maybe it's going to be to do something with the Got Your Back program. I don't know what God's going to call you to do. Maybe God's just going to cause you to start a Bible study at your work. I don't know what God's going to call you to do. But as you just express the love of God into your environment, as you just take the love of God and just just live it, it's easy. But the crazy thing is, those works were planned from the beginning of time. That's the kingdom of God coming and His will being done on the earth as it is in the heavens. It's a work, believe it or not, that God's got all these things laid up for us and all we have to do, my friends, is just love Him and just say yes as He leads us through. Verse 14, let's have a look here. So then He told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe. Jesus spoke plainly to him. The circumstance isn't good. The circumstance isn't perfect. Lazarus, actually, I was just trying to keep focus, happy and bright, seeing things from heaven's perspective, not earth's perspective, but talking at it, from Earth's perspective, hey, Lazarus is dead. He is. And for your sake, I'm glad that I was not there so that you may believe. What Jesus is always trying to do is draw out of us another level, another opportunity just to believe in Him. Amen? When you get in the worship of the Lord and you get in His presence and something starts to fire on the inside of your heart, And you start to get faith for that next step and that next journey and that next pathway that you're going to be going on in life. And God starts to speak to you and you start to feel the wind of the Holy Spirit and the fire of the Holy Spirit burning on the inside of you. All God is asking for us, all God wants from us is to have belief rise up within us. Because when belief comes from within, it has to be planted in from somewhere outside of the earth because belief will not come from the earth. But when God puts His faith in our heart, He tells us that we're going to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we've ever asked or believed. And He puts it in so that, not so that it's someone like one of the pastors speaking it over your life, but it changes the fact, it changes all of the circumstances when God puts that Word inside of you. When you receive a Word from the Almighty about your own life, you're standing on a rock that cannot be shaken. You're standing on a word that has transcended and broken the barrier between heaven and earth and it's put, it's put rock underneath your feet. And I'll tell you, man, when you stand on that rock, the winds may come and the rains may come and the storms may come and the waves may come. But your feet are never going to be shifted because your feet are on that rock. I'll get Caleb to come up and help me in a second. It'd be good if you'd come up and band, if you could get ready in just a moment as well. The third part I want to talk about here really quickly as I wind up is that we are to be welcomers of His presence. What God doesn't need from us is us to try to do godly works. God doesn't need us to try and push in our own strength. God wants us to just be welcomers of His Spirit. Can I say at the start of the year, maybe this might be a good year to a good time of the year, to start some new habits. Maybe turning some notifications off some apps might be a good start. 
Maybe deleting some might be another good start. Maybe taking, maybe taking the walk of faith to another level might be a good time to start that. Maybe, maybe prayer at another level. Maybe a really awesome time to just fellowship with Him. Get into His presence. Seek His face. Get into His Word again. Being welcomers of His presence as we are carriers of His heart toward others that are around us, as we are lovers of people, as we are looking for Him in action around us and opportunities to serve and opportunities to reach out, let's understand this whole issue here of His presence. God's presence is never far away. Verse 17 says this, On arrival... Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Watch this. Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem. Pretty awesome, eh? Jesus, who loves this dude. If we read on, it's, uh, Martha comes to him and, and she's, she's a bit worried because he's a bit whiffy. But it's time to raise him up. But God's presence is never far away. Sometimes all it takes to get into God's presence is just put something aside and focus back in on Him, amen? And I tell you, with an army of people like this, as we just focus on Him in this year, we're going to see God do great and mighty things. I heard Pastor Byron say before going on holidays, he really believes that this is Highway's year of harvest. He really believes that this is going to be, you know, we've done all the, the hard yards, we've done all these different things across the seasons of time, but it's solidified and he really believes that this is going to be our time of harvest as a church. But can I say this to you? I believe this is going to be your year of harvest, amen? Why, why would we believe that 2021 is going to be better when it's the same God, amen? And all he's asking us to do is open up the doors for him that he can come into our lives and move through us. Bethany was only two miles away. All, all they needed was for the Lord to turn up. And I'm telling you, my friends, as we focus on Him, He's going to turn up. I promise you this. If you make a sacrifice this year, if you get real with God and say, God, whatever the thing is that's burning in me to lay down for you, whatever that thing is in me that I'm just going to just put it down. I'm going to get into your presence. I'm going to search you out. I need an answer on this issue and I'm not going to stop until I hear it. I'm going to come and I'm going to worship you. I'm going to get into your word. I'm just going to search for you behind closed doors where no one else can see. I promise you, you do that and he's going to show up and he's going to mess your life around. Amen. Mess it up for good. The presence of God is, is enough. Watch this. To turn around our former thinking. Watch this. Verse 21. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here my brother would not have died. So the first thing she does when she sees Jesus is she goes out there and she recites to him what the problem was. Then she sees him. In verse 22. But I know that even God will give you whatever you ask. Let me say this. Even if we approach God with stress, when we get to see him, he changes the very way we think. Amen? Even though we might come to him thinking our life has a problem or two, when we come to see him, 
He changes the way we see things. And then Jesus spoke to her in verse 23. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Now we're going to jump down to verse 38, talking about the presence of God. When God is present, watch this. When God is present, he commands your life before your own eyes. Things that you never thought could come back to life, I promise you. With God in the midst, God will blow you away. God will do things that you never thought anywhere near possible simply because you chose to seek him out, simply because you chose to call on him. Now, I'm going to open up the altar in a few minutes' time, and we're going to do an anointing service. If you have uh, an issue you want to lay down before the Lord, if you want to dedicate your life to the Lord afresh for this year, if you just want an anointing on what it is that your path is going to be for the year, we're going to anoint you, and we're going to believe in prayer that the power of God's going to go with you into what you're doing. Now, verse 38 says this, Jesus, once more, deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. And he said, take away the stone. Jesus said to her in verse 40, Did I not say to you, if you believe, you will see the glory of God? I want to say this, friends. All God's after us to do is simply believe on Him. The gospel is so simple, God's love is so powerful. All he's after us to do is believe. But I promise you this, when we believe, we will see the glory of God. Verse 43, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out. His hands and his feet were wrapped with strips of linen and toilet paper. (laughs) And he had a cloth around his face. Isn't it amazing? God called this guy up from the dead. He's been raised to new life. He was dead and now he's alive. But he's still covered in his grave clothes. What I want to pray tonight is that everything from the previous seasons over you, all these grave clothes, there might be new life under. But let's just believe that we're going to see and get rid of all the stuff that's left over from previous. Amen? Amen. Because underneath, because underneath the grave clothes is the one that God made in his very image. 
Underneath the grave clothes is the perfect man that God sees covered in the blood of Jesus Christ with none of the history, none of the worry, none of the problems anymore. If we could have the band join us, that would be wonderful. And here he comes. This man who once was dead, walking out with newness of life. And what the Lord says here, thanks brother, why don't you give him a hand guys. The dead man came out. His hands and feet were wrapped with linen straps and dunny paper and a cloth all around his face. And Jesus said to the disciples, said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Amen. Who can believe with me that 2020, we can take off the grave clothes and just have a go. Amen. Who believes 2020 can be the greatest year ever. Amen. Thanks, Ben. If you could take us on into that uh, 